I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Yeah! I have to be a little bit less yaggy than I am at the beginning of the show, Andy, because I am, I don't know, maybe a 30-yard wedge shot from the uh, 14th green here at the gorgeous, spectacular Riviera Country Club. I can turn to my left. I got players right here. It is a beautiful day, Andy. And while you are in the studio and I get to gaze upon you through Zoom, I am out in one of the arguably most beautiful spots in all of Southern California. I mean, what a treat for you. Like, you look around the golf course, it's gorgeous. You look into the Zoom See my face. It's gorgeous. Like everywhere you look, Travis, you are surrounded by, by beauty. Just breathtaking beauty. <laughs> yes, indeed. Well, you know, before we got started, I needed to make sure that I could see your full visage because yes. behind you in the studio was one of the studio lights and you were being washed out. And I said to, to Emily, I said, somebody's got to turn that light off behind uh, Andy because I need to be able to get the full AK experience of the entire face while we're doing this show together. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that you're saying that visually it's a nice break from Sliwa. I'm just saying you really wanted to see my face. Yes. Well, you know, whenever, like, no matter where you are, eventually you're going to want to look at something else. And today Mm -hmm. i got two something else's. I've got Riv on one side and I've got Andy Kamenetsky on the other. Not a bad way to do it. Yeah. Has anybody been shushing you yet? Have you Not already yet. gotten a look? <laughs> Not, gotten a few looks, but no shushes yet. I, I I don't think we're we're not quite in shushing distance, but uh, we are we are close. This is a, a great spot. If you are a golf fan, you know what this place is all about. Maybe if you're not, you got to come and check this place out. GenesisInvitational.com is the place that you can get your tickets. There are still lots available for the weekend. The weekend is the time to do it. Tiger is obviously going to play today for the first time in a long time, and it is an elevated tour event, which means. All the good guys are out here. It's just and, and Andy, you know I'm a golf person, so you know how, how excited I get. I've been coming to this tournament since I was a little kid with my mom and my dad and my friends in high school and all through college. This is just something that I look forward to every single year. Everybody knows I go to the Rose Bowl every year. This is the other thing. Every year, Dodger Games, Rose Bowl, and come out and see the guys at Riv. Riviera is the I think it's actually the only tournament I've ever been to. I, oh, I really? went to it, I went to it years ago before I was even in this industry. Like a friend of mine had passes for it and he couldn't go, so I ended up taking it in. And Tiger played in it that year. I have never seen anything like Prime Tiger and the way the gallery reacts to it. Like he was basically the Pied Piper. Yeah. And you would see like rushes of people moving from hole to hole to hole, which to my understanding is not the way things normally are. Usually people just park and they want to see everybody and you stay on like hole 14, like where you're at right now, and you just take in everybody as they go through. This tournament, because this was like really peak Tiger, everyone was just following the guy around. It was amazing. Yeah, it's it's not quite peak tiger but tiger still has that thing and you know you spent a lot of time around kobe so you understand what it that there's famous there's professional athlete famous and then there's that level above and beyond that that is like internationally famous and that even people that don't follow whatever it is that you do whether it's kobe with basketball or tiger woods with golf 
I know that that's Tiger Woods. I know that that's Kobe Bryant. And that's even now, just when he made the announcement that he was going to play out here this week, it was a it was a totally different thing than if it was just a big golf event with all the best players. It's Tiger's event with Tiger. And even though he hasn't been that for a minute or two, it's still a totally different animal because that level of celebrity is in the building. It's the you don't need the last name. Like right. the first name will su- suffice. You know, like the true icons, Kobe, LeBron, Tiger, Ali, you know, Madonna, Travis. Prince, Travis, <laughs> like all the people that last name, like you're just wasting your breath. You know who it is. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, I, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself right here, but uh, did we see a real basketball team last night? Did, did, did we? I mean, I, I, I know that I've been skeptical. I know that I haven't been oh. super high. <laughs> I, you I, skeptical, Travis? I know, Never. I, you know, every once in a while I'll dip my toe in the cynicism pool I, just to see what it feels like. But I'm watching this last night waiting to find, you know, like, okay, well, they, yeah, they, it's like, well, no, that looks pretty good. Well, hold on. That looks pretty good. They, they beat a team that's okay, not a great team, missing their best player, uh, arguably. But that was a pretty legitimate NBA basketball team we saw last night at Crypto. Yeah, it was the new uh, lineup, the new starting lineup. Uh, Darvin Ham said before the game that he had uh, a couple tricks up his sleeve. And that trick ended up a starting lineup of D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, and Jared Vanderbilt to go along with LeBron and AD. And Mm -hmm. there's a bit of a cheat code with those three guys in the starting lineup because they played together for years in uh, Minnesota. And then you had Beasley and Vanderbilt playing together in Utah this year before the trade. So you've got three quote-unquote new guys who actually are really familiar with each other. And then once you add LeBron back to the mix, and I think that's really the key in all of this. Like, if you're trying to fast-track a process, nobody makes that easier and, I guess, relatively more realistic to than LeBron. Sure. You know, he's he is still at this stage of his career one of the premier problem solvers in the NBA. And Darvin also talked, too, about how he actually likes the way Troy Brown and Dennis Schroeder and Rui Hachimura, three guys that have been in and out of the starting lineup, particularly when LeBron has been periodically not available. He likes how the three of them play together. So he just decided move them almost like a, like a hockey line shift. We're just yeah. going to put the three of them on the bench together. And, you know, there's still some things I need to see. Like, I'm, I'm a little bit skeptical about a D'Lo Beasley backcourt defensively. Sure. Like, you know, how well that's going to hold up. But you're getting the spacing. You're getting the playmaking. With Vanderbilt, you get some defensive versatility. You get a lot of energy. And also, too, you got AD in this game looking like Anthony Davis. And that's, at the end of the day, the key to the whole thing. Of course it is, and and, and we can t- and, and we will, and it's interesting and it's encouraging to see all of these auxiliary pieces performing at an NBA level. But you're right; it's exactly that. It is okay, great. Le- LeBron is the problem solver, and Malik Beasley can shoot, and D'Angelo Russell seems to bring a little bit of energy and swag. He was terrific. He, he was fantastic, and 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 everything about that you've seen from him so far is very encouraging. And these are all wonderful. But if Anthony Davis is the guy we got last night, let's go. P- p- play anybody. And, and, and you feel like you have a chance to beat him. If you get what you get the previous three games, 
It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how good D'Angelo Russell is. It doesn't matter if Malik Beasley can knock down some shots or Jared Vanderbilt's doing this, that, or the other thing. That if he's right and available, everything else becomes important. If he's not, it's just window dressing. It just doesn't really matter because Brown and Hachimura and Schroeder, that second hockey unit that you're talking about, those are NBA players that before you're, you're you know, okay, we're going to need to get performances above their typical line. Now they just need to meet their line. Now they just need to do what it is they do, assuming that the Russells of the world and, and obviously LeBron and AD are at their point. Everything else just needs to be NBA good, not, hey, I know you're a C student, but I need you to ace this test. We're not asking anybody to ace any test anymore. Just be what you do. The aces will be the aces. Everybody else just needs to do what they do. They don't need to do a little more. Yeah, I mean, it slots guys into their role. I, I, Jared Vanderbilt and Troy Brown yesterday – did the lion's share of guarding Brandon Ingram. And I thought they did a really good job. Like, Ingram still got shots off. You know, he, he led a push in the second quarter that got New Orleans back into this thing. But, like, Brandon Ingram's one of the best scorers in the league. He's going to give a lot of guys fits. But Vanderbilt and Brown made him work. Like, I don't think he had too many easy shots. And that that's the best you can do with a guy like Ingram who can score from anywhere. You know, like, D'Angelo Russell was able to – score inside he's able to score outside like he he provides off-ball utility and just a a versatility in the way you can do things that Russell Westbrook you know he Russ plays one way plays like like Russell Westbrook yeah and he's (laughs) look he's like Mariano Rivera through one pitch through a cut fastball really really fast and Westbrook still at times can be the guy that throws 105 miles an hour, and it's impressive. But he can't do it like with full command. can't just do it whenever he wants. And when Russ can't be Russ at full strength, he's not a very effective player. Like D'Angelo Russell, you don't have to tailor as much around him to make everything else work. He, he, he is blendable. And when blendable. it's not working, Andy, it doesn't send off these, these waves of – I hate this that came off of <laughs> Russell Westbrook. That when you know when when it wasn't working for Russ, it was either waves of I hate this from the other four guys on the court, or waves coming off of Russell Westbrook saying I can't believe they're not running it through me. That when D'Angelo Russell is or isn't getting his thing, it was like okay, cool, let's ride this until we don't need to. I, I, I love the Rivera analogy because I think that's perfect, but. The Russell Westbrook part of this is: imagine if Mariano Rivera, in the you know twilight of his career, every time he threw a cutter, it got put into the Monument Park in center field, and he said, "Man, I'm here to throw cutters." It's like, yeah, but they keep getting hit over the fence. Yeah, but I throw cutters. Or okay, <laughs> let's let's take this analogy a bit further. Let's just say Rivera, late in his career, not only insists on throwing the cutter, which, to be fair, it's the only pitch he knows. Like He right. doesn't actually know another this pitch. This is why I love this, comp- this yeah. comparison, because he only knows cutters, too. Right. He, he only knows this cut fastball, throwing it hard as hell. But Rivera also insists on pitching innings six through nine, <laughs> as opposed to just the ninth inning. Like He's like, you know what? I can't throw this pitch the way I used to, and I want my role expanded as much as possible. <laughs> I feel like I'm not getting enough innings. I'd like yeah. to, can you get? Can you toss me a start here and there? I feel like Andy Pettit's in my way. I think Roger Clemens <laughs> should sit down and give me some of these starts. I like this. I wish we would have gotten to that analogy much, much sooner. Um, we need to talk about the Colonel because the Colonel was in the open.
Corbin. That's something that is uh, always got to be a thing that we do. Somebody just turned your halo back on. We need to turn that off. Carlo, get my halo I, off. I can't see Turn you. the halo off, Carlo. You, what the hell's you, wrong with you? You have a very natural glow no. about you anyway. Oh, so the, I don't know the, if we This looks like I'm getting beamed up close encounters <laughs> style. Like there, there's like the aliens are actually real and they've decided the the key to taking over this earth is bringing me onto the ship. And infiltrating our air defense system with balloons over Canada. Yes. That's, that's the other yes. thing. I, I'm, that's I'm what arrive, bridges Andy. together, I guess, China and the aliens. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I keep picturing, like, uh, what was the Will Smith movie where the aliens came? Independence Day, right? Where the big ship comes over New York City and Washington, D.C. and Beijing and all these other places. I didn't think it would be balloons over Montana. I thought that that was a very different approach on how to invade us. Spines come along. Long way. It's come a long way. I am here for it. Absolutely. All right. Why was yesterday a quality of life win for the Lakers? And speaking of Rivera in a basketball uniform, might he still be in town? That's coming up next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. A beautiful day out here at Riviera Country Club, live from Riviera for Tigers Tournament, day one of the Genesis Invitational. Of course, you can get your tickets for this weekend. It is the Genesis Invitational, by far the biggest event in Los Angeles this weekend. GenesisInvitational.com is where you can find your tickets. Play elevated. And, Andy, I'm hoping that like maybe there's an opening that somebody forgets to show up and they say, hey, is there anybody here that can go play a few holes with somebody? And I'm just going to slide. You know they have a marker in majors occasionally where they have an odd number of players? kind of hoping for that situation can you keep doing the show i'll just i'll do it with the uh, comrex app on the phone what? i'll just put in my airpods and i'll do the show while i play a well, few i holes. mean do, there's got to be somebody from the station with you that could essentially be like your lackey and just follow you around with the equipment <laughs> like there's someone there right like like Chris? a sherpa it's essentially ass- like a sherpa i'm assuming they would provide me with a caddy and instead of just carrying the clubs they'll carry the comrex when we go through bag on one shoulder comrex on the other and we're ready to go yeah exactly i just mean go- just fi- who is the strongest intern for 710 like who can carry both the bags and the audio equipment that's mm. who should be there right now. That's a good idea. Well, we should have tryouts. Yeah, too bad DeAndre's here, so I don't think he can get to Riviera in time. DeAndre's I'm, big. I will put my I will put my money in DeAndre. He's if a I big dude. Anybody. Yeah, he if if he left maybe minus nine hours ago, he might get here in time because it's a <laughs> uh, it's a little bit tricky getting in here. But it's a it is an unbelievable day. Andy, have you made any progress on our uh, initial draft of Commander and Chimp? 
Well, I'm still waiting to hear from Jay Moore. Like, according to Ireland, Jay Moore has essentially attached himself to this project. Um, as I've said on air, and it's no offense to Jay Moore, and you know, he's, his resume certainly in Hollywood is better than mine. I'm not comfortable just automatically promising him the plum role of the scheming vice president. Like, at minimum, Jay Moore needs to screen test. And he, he might be offended by this, and I You're going to make him read? I'm going to, yes, I'm going to make Jay Moore read. And I, again, I understand he has much more of a Hollywood resume to lean back on than me. But at the same time, like, this is my passion project and I can't just give it to anybody. But if Jay Moore wants to attach himself as a producer and somebody that can get this thing fast tracked, he, I've already promised him the role of President Bob Johnson, the, the president who has the monkey that ends up <laughs> taking over in his stead after the after the scheming vice president yes. uh, creates intentionally these election ballots with typos, <laughs> thinking that that would be how he ends up president. It turns out the monkey ends up president and go. I have a do question. we set it? Do we set it in modern times, Andy? Like, do we try to kind of seize the zeitgeist at the moment? And does he deal with the balloon crisis? Are we talking about international recession? Like, what? Or is this more of a slapstick situation where the the monkey is having a a, a banana fight with the vice president in the Oval Office? I mean, this is the beauty of this story, <laughs> Travis. It's timeless. It can be set in any period like i think you could make it now and if anything it doesn't feel satirical enough <laughs> of our current politics it could also be a lighthearted romp it can be whatever you want because just the simplicity of story monkey becomes president <laughs> i mean yeah. real it sells itself in a lot of ways it really does so my yep. question for you guys is one are you guys going to try to go for oscars and come out in like november december ish or are you trying to go for a summer blockbuster and two i think that you should hire andy circus to be your monkey because clearly he's the the famous uh bodywork actor he did Gollum. he did he was in planet of the apes you need to have him as your guy look no, no we're, offense, we're just casting a monkey yes <laughs> i mean planet of the apes didn't we are cast not, a bunch of that, that's why. That's why. See, Emily, you're off the project. Okay, okay. I'm just trying to add. Things. You don't have. You don't share the vision that Andy and I have of an actual chimp being the president. We're not. We're not going for gimmicks, <laughs> Emily. Like we're not going. Like Andy no Circus. Andy Circus, wonderfully accomplished performer. He's found a really unique lane, and good for him. He's not right for this project. He's simply <laughs> wrong for this. I'm not doing something also too like cheap oscar bait like this isn't the hours this isn't one of those movies that's just begging. shakespeare in love like this movie will get it's everything everywhere all at once you know that treatment it, like well, the march release that comes oh out. it'll right exactly that movie didn't scream for oscars it just got the nominations okay commander and chimp doesn't need to grovel they're gonna grovel to us <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, we're going to be taking the meetings. We're not going to be knocking yeah. down their doors. Yeah. They're going to be knocking like, down release ours. Release the thing whenever you want. Release it in January. I don't care. It's going <laughs> to end up getting all the nominations. It'll be the new Silence of the Lambs. If it's Ooh. great, it's great. People will yeah. find it. It's one of these things that you can't try to juice these things. you got to let people find it organically. But um, I, I do think that this is an interesting construct. So DJ Trunks on Twitter just tweeted at both of us, Andy, and it says, it's got to be like Gilligan's Island where a random celebrity shows up every episode. I don't like that. No. I, I feel like if all of a sudden we have the Globetrotters and, you know, somebody that drops in from another era, that's not really what we're going for. No, again, this this is a timeless 
story that does not need gimmickry for it to succeed. We're not bringing in Andy Circus. We're not bringing in the Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> but a monkey isn't gimmicky. It's just the part of the whole thing. No, it's it, the prem. It's the plot. It's, it's the premise of the yes. film. The a commander monk- in chimp. A it's monkey com- gets elected president because a vice president who is, you know, representative of the, frankly, the corruption that we see in politics too often right now that prevents this country from moving in the direction it needs to. This vice president is working towards his own means and despite these actions ends up putting a monkey in office that look spoiler alert very successful this, this monkey his curated through the roof is the cabinet full of other uh animals no, or no, no. Emily, Emily. No, you're, 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 yeah I'm just, I'm just asking questions guys like, well I think I think these are good questions um Andy because Emily is forcing us to kind of focus where we want this to be that this is the only animal character in the movie is the president why can't you keep this story of a monkey becoming president realistic emily exactly why why do you keep adding all these ridiculous gimmicks like the story is rock solid and stands on its own merits. But how what? would the monkey have the relationship with the humans in order to have them in the cabinet? It, as opposed it was to- the previous president's <laughs> monkey, and so okay, the cabinet okay. mostly will stay the same. He's the- he's the commander in chimp. He doesn't right. have to have a relationship. They're going to respect him. <laughs> respect he's the their boss. Exactly. He's in the office, and you respect the office at the time of it. What what is my role in this? Other than it is some sort of producer capacity, do I get an on screen credit for this? Would you like to be in the cabinet? <laughs> I no. I feel like. I think I would be better served in like the White House press corps. I, I think that if I were one of the reporters asking questions from the gallery, I think that's something that I could pull off. Not now, the communications officer. I think I could see you there. That, that well. You could talk me into Ooh, that. You could talk actually, me into that. That's good. Like first of all, you're tall. Spin doctor. <laughs> yes, I think you could be a good tall spin doctor. Oh, so I'm the actual press secretary in this situation. I, look, I think it's a better role than just the guy that asks questions at every press briefing like i mean are you are you nervous you're not ready for it like well, it's no, an expanded I, role travis see, I, I, it, I feel like if i were on the press side i would take a more proactive role in trying to promote the administration's goals and try to exposing the uh the smarmy vice president i feel like that's something i could pull oh, okay so so you're going to be like a dogged reporter yeah i'm, <laughs> I'm like, like bob woodward basically <laughs> <laughs> all gonna, the president's men that's you exactly yeah. all the chimps media guys something <laughs> like that we, we can come up we can it's a working title we'll we'll, we'll just put it up there for the time well since I, it's all gonna be men it's also still all the president's men because all your ca- cabinet is also men well no we, we look, well, it's any ladies? Be said in modern times we're gonna have a very diverse cabinet of you know men women people from all sorts of backgrounds and just no animals he's just no animals right? right again bobo is a monkey but that doesn't mean he's not progressive in certain senses like he that like you know that he wouldn't take advice from qualified women i mean like give give bobo a little credit okay (laughs) i guess i i I judged bobo too quickly but you did let me just say that your your questions are getting us closer to the heart of what it is that we need to do these are these are useful reporter of the story i'm the uh, i'm the variety writing a piece about (laughs) you know what you are emily you're playing right now the role of all of the different studios that we go around pitching who don't understand the story right. and don't have the vision. But are going to give you the money. No, no, no. You're the ones that turn us down. And then eventually okay. we get to the one that understood it. Like you I'm like, HBO turning down Breaking Bad. Yeah, you yes. are. Frankly, Emily, exactly. you're, you're the studio exec who got fired. <laughs> 
for not being able okay. to see it. Yeah. Okay. You, I need, mean, you need to be able to see yeah. it in its finished product before we've even started. I believe I'm speaking for the people here. You that, need to, you know, you need there to are trust questions. the producer's visions of what it is that we've created and then go and, and empower us to go create the piece of art that we have in our minds. Okay, I'm just saying I'm listening to the pitch. I'm not sold, but I don't no, know. No, you know what it back. is? You're listening. You're not hearing it, Emily. That's <laughs> Ooh, the difference. Right. You're listening to this pitch, but you're not hearing it. Taylor, you what do you think re- of the pitch? I think it's a flawless script. Thank you. Can't be touched. See? All right. He knows. And that's why I'm going to Taylor's show tonight. And that's what we're going to get into <laughs> next. Chris and I are going to drop in there. Who else is coming to see us tonight? Uh, or to see Taylor tonight, I should say. Plus, Russell Westbrook still in L.A.? Yes, please. That's coming up next. It's Travis Slee. Andy's in for Slee on 710 ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! Playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. <laughs> <laughs> Davy Jones. David, was Davy Jones the only one that actually was a musician before they put the monkeys together? I think there was only one of them that actually knew how to play an instrument. <laughs> the other guys were all actors just running around with, like, Beatle knockoffs. Yeah, they, they, they were all basically Sid Vicious other than the one musician. <laughs> I think they learned eventually, though. I don't Did know. they learn? I think so. Learned Speaking enough. Speaking of. Speaking of musicians, um, tonight at the Hudson House in Redondo Beach, 7.30 to 10, none other than our very own Taylor Smith. It is your first solo show, you said, in a while, Taylor? Yeah, it's been about eight months, I'd say. So kind of nervous to get out there, but it'll be good. So you're going to be on stage for the better part of two and a half hours. Do you have your playlist set up? Can you give us a preview? Like what what sort of music people are going to hear if they come out and see you tonight? Yeah, I do a lot of covers. I play some originals too, but my covers are mostly like Neil Young, Jack Johnson, Johnny Cash. I do Arctic Monkeys, uh, a lot of stuff. So how many originals are you going to play? Depends on the reception, but uh, probably five or six. Reception's going to be great. We're going to be a great audience. We're going to see what happens. (laughs) How many many friends are you bringing? Uh, Maybe 10 or so. 10 people said they'd show up, but I, I don't know. That always varies. On shows, it just. What about you, Em? Are you are you going solo? or Are you coming with friends? I'm I'm bringing like two of my friends, which is, which will be fun. Well, we're a good crowd. <laughs> Andy, refresh my. Did you the last time we went to see him? Did you come? I, there was a lot of people there. I don't remember if you were there or not. No, I I've never seen Taylor play before. I was curious. How do you go about choosing your covers? Because like there there's an art to both doing a cover and choosing a cover. Right. It's just it's stuff that suits my voice mainly. Uh, I have a deeper voice, so I. That's why I do like cash and stuff, um, and other stuff that I listen to every day. Because if I enjoy it, then I think it's going to come out through the song. 
Yeah, when I was in high school, I played in a garage band. I was I was a drummer, and I I'm a terrible singer, but I ended up doing lead for Walk on the Wild Side because I had the deepest voice in the group. Right. And our actual singer, we thought sounded weird doing that song because his voice was too high. Um, Could you like, give us a few bars, Andy? Little Lou Reed. <laughs> Holly came from Miami, if L.A. There you go. <laughs> across the USA. You know it's my greatest fear. I could use a drummer, Andy. Oh, God. You know what's so sad? I, my daughter is learning guitar, so I've been taking her to these lessons at Guitar Center, and while she's doing her lesson, I don't really have anything to do, I went down in the drum section and just started screwing around a little bit. I haven't played, like really have not played in like 25 years. Oh, it's like riding years. a bike. Come no, on. Uh, well, apparently I'm going to crash because <laughs> I was- Don't get on a bike. I was awful. <laughs> like I, I, I was shockingly awful. I was, so I was ashamed it, of myself. Taylor, how does this work? Because I know you play the fiddle. I know you can play yeah. some other instruments as well, but are you, do you, do you play the fiddle and sing simultaneously? Like, do you have a band behind you? How does this work? So I'm just going to be, it's just going to be me up there solo, but I do have a loop pedal that enables me to, you know, lay down a few tracks on guitar and then I can play over it on my violin. So the violin's going to be there as well. Can't wait. Can't wait. wait. So, uh, do I have a good seat? Am I like right up front? What are, what are we talking about? <laughs> I'm going to scope it out for you, Trav, uh, and depending on how packed it is, I might have to request a table for you and Morales. Good. Well, we, we, you know you know how important it is that we're in quality real estate, as somebody I used to know like to say. We like to get good real estate right up front. So and, make sure- and sing a song for him, too, like you did last time. Yeah. You gave me yeah. Johnny. Was might it Walk be, the Line? Might be some uh, Taylor Swift, too, Emily. Who knows? Ooh. Can you do that? That seems like a little out of your register. I'm going to try. I'm going to try for Emily. I like that. I like that. All right. Can you give um, a hint which song? Uh, you got to show up. You got to be okay. there. Yeah, that's a good tease right there. That's that. That's well done. The Smithies. Mike Taylor. Not the Swifties, the Smithies. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Russell Westbrook traded from the Lakers to the Jazz, has not played for the Jazz, and obviously um, probably never will play for the Jazz. Shams had a report that says the Clippers have begun conversations with Russell Westbrook. The Clippers received permission to speak to Westbrook, and talks have started among franchise officials. Okay, I, I need to separate the basketball portion of this from the talk show host portion of this because as a talk show host, this is my favorite idea in quite some time. They're putting Russell Westbrook on another team that has championship aspirations, thinking that he's the piece that's going to push you over the top is just terrific because this is the very definition of not learning from other people's mistakes, that Russell Westbrook is not the piece that you need to go from where you are to a better spot. That didn't happen in Oklahoma City. It didn't happen in Houston. It didn't happen in Washington. It didn't happen in L.A and it's not going to happen in the other L.A. That being said, what the hell are they thinking from a basketball standpoint? Because what he does, they already have this weird mix of not quite knowing who to play when, and they, they're oddly almost too deep with too many guys. What does Russell Westbrook bring to this that I'm missing, Andy? Because as far as I can see it, all it is is putting a bunch of oily rags next to an open flame. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Acknowledging all the things that you are talking about, and as I said earlier in the show, I have always called Russell Westbrook the least blendable player in the NBA. Mm -hmm. Like he is, he is not somebody that you just drop into your mix and say and go. Right? <laughs> like it, the rest is just going to figure itself out. The hypothetical argument for this, and I want to make it clear, this is not my argument. I'm just saying it's the hypothetical argument that is based in 
some degree of basketball logic. The Clippers for a few years have been looking for a true point guard or somebody with true point guard skills that can provide more organization out there so less of it falls on Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Like Paul George, for some of this season, has really been operating as a point forward. And they both can make plays, but it's not functionally what they do. And it's Mm -hmm. certainly not their wheelhouse while also looking for their own shots and really looking to be the engine of the offense. And Russell Westbrook is somebody that can set up other players like it, it is what he you know you don't end up 10th on the all-time assist list by accident like Russ is legitimately good at finding other guys also you look at the shooting that the Clippers have that the Lakers did not have this season certainly not last season there is theoretically more space on the floor for Russ to operate in and you could maybe maximize Russ's ability to find open shooters, which, again, he is legitimately very good at. Okay. And if the Clippers want to get out in transition more, find ways to do it, Russ is legitimately good at getting teams into transition. It was actually one of the, one of the positives that he brought to the Lakers this year, the Lakers were often better in transition, and Russ is really good at just pushing that tempo. So those are the arguments that you could use to where it would make sense. The reasons that it doesn't make sense is... He's West- Russell Westbrook? He's, he's Russell Westbrook, <laughs> but also just he is a difficult guy to blend in when you have a full runway mm-hmm. to make it happen. Trying to figure it out with like 22 games. I know he's played with a couple of these guys before, particularly Paul George. I know those guys, it seems like there's a fair amount of Clippers that want him there. Like, If nothing else, they have convinced themselves that they need a point guard. I just look at the issues that they had with John Wall, who's a really similar player to Russ. And while I think Russ is better at this stage of his career than John Wall is at his stage, they're still the same issues, and ultimately I think they're going to be exactly the same with Russ. Yeah, well, look, I like the phrase, figure it out. And, and like you said, figure it out for different reasons. I'm going to use what you said differently, because this seems to be the roadblock that he has run into in a variety of other places, and, and, and really everywhere he's gone, maybe with the exception of Washington, that the figure-it-out portion is you're not the guy that this runs through. He needs to figure that out. That Yes, you can set some guys up. You can push tempo. You can do some things, like you said, that have made him one of the great players of his generation. But he's not one of the great players of his generation anymore. He has become something other than that. He is on the backside. You know, out here at Riviera today, I'll use the golf analogy. He's on the back nine of his career. He's probably somewhere around the 17th tee, maybe. Maybe even the middle of the 18th fairway. You know, he, he's getting close to the end of this. He thinks he's on the second tee. He doesn't understand that he's not that guy anymore, that you are here to support Kawhi Leonard. You are here to support Paul George. You are here to support and do the things that you described. We're not bringing you in here to be Russell Westbrook. We're bringing you in here to be a complimentary point guard to what it is we're trying to do to go win a championship where 
if I'm putting myself in his head and I'm only going by what I've seen him do on the court, and it was slightly better this year with the Lakers than it was a year ago, but only slightly. And I think that if we shot him in the neck with the truth serum dart, he would tell you that, oh, they were using me wrong. That You just got to let me do my thing. That seems to be his default setting. It's what made him a great player in his era to begin with is this unending belief that I am the best option. I am the best guy. I can do this. That's what took him from a lowly recruited player to NBA or Basketball Hall of Famer, that undying belief in himself. He's wrong now. <laughs> and I don't think he'd, that he's come around to the, the, the understanding that you are a part of this. You aren't the this of this. And the Clippers already seem to have a weird dynamic where whose is this and who's the guy that's going to say the thing at the most important time. I think that that's what they're missing more than anything. They're not missing good players. They're not missing a good coach. They have Ty Lue's a good coach. What they're missing is this understanding that, guys, I got this. Not this, was well, he going to show up today? Is he not going to show up today? Is he comfortable today? Is, is he going to take over in this thing? That they have this weird mix of personalities in that team, and I would love to meet the guy that thinks adding Westbrook to a weird mix of personalities is going to make it less weird. Well, here's the problem, though. Even Let's just say that Russ, you know, this experience with the Lakers has taught him that, if nothing else, he has to be more of a supportive, a supportive player out there. Like, you know, more of a support system guy than the star. And look, to Russ's credit, I think other than maybe the last few weeks where he seemed like someone preoccupied with, are they going to trade me? What's my future? Like, because there's a lot of questions that come for Russell Westbrook if he gets moved. Mm -hmm. Like, we're seeing it right now. What is his NBA future? I don't think Russ ever liked his role coming off the bench. But I will say, I think he handled it on balance pretty professionally. But let's just say that he is really willing to lean into the whole idea of, I am a supplementary player. He doesn't have the skill set to do it. Right. Like, Russ Russ is in part stubborn with the way he plays because coming off the bench, the only thing that changed for him was coming off the bench. He played exactly the same way as he had before. Yep. And that may be some degree stubbornness, but it's also he can't do anything else. Like you can't, you can't space the floor with Russell Westbrook unless he's going to be a much more active cutter, which he just doesn't seem to have any interest in doing. You know, like teams guard him down the stretch with like a non-guarding center. Right, like they just completely ignore him. Like you know, he's set like maybe seven screens in the last two seasons. Like the, <laughs> there's just certain things that he, you know, defensively, I think. I think in certain respects he was actually better defensively this year than he was often given credit for, but he's not going to go out there with a defensive role. Like that's not no. what, and some of that I think is bad habits over the years, but some of it's just, it's not what he does. No. Like what? Well, this, this is my, my my. This goes all the way back to the original acquisition. We can pick this up, and we'll hear from Clipper fans and everything else. But don't ask somebody to do a thing they've never done before. That 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 is a bad that just bad philosophy. That if you need shooting, don't bring in somebody that doesn't shoot. If you need passing, don't bring in a guy that takes in a million shots. If you need defense, don't bring in a guy that's never been a good defender and say, oh, he's going to be a defender. No, no, he's not. You, you, he's going to do exactly what he's done everywhere else, and that's what the Lakers didn't get, and that's whoever signs him next is probably going to get that exact same thing. Taylor, who has a gig tonight, is doing Hey, Did You See? Coming up next, it's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. 
Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So, Taylor, is it a good idea on a Hey Did You See Day for you when you also have a gig that night for you to kind of be leading this thing? Or do you need to save your voice? Or how does this work? I think actually the more I use my voice during the day, the better it gets. I found right. that. So this is like a little warm-up yeah. for you? You don't just crack your knuckles and walk on stage? Because otherwise we know I wouldn't be talking, so this is good for me. <laughs> I know your deal. Yes, indeed. All what do right. you got for us? Did you see that a mother of seven from Poland recently gave birth to quintuplets? Oh. So she and her husband already had two pairs of twins before this happened. So what would your reaction be if you found out your wife was giving birth to an entire starting five? Trav. <laughs> I would start spending less money. I would look for a smaller house. I would try to find a, a side hustle or a smaller six. house. <laughs> well, yeah, because house. I know I gotta I gotta downsize. I gotta make sure that I'm spending less money in in housing. So by the time when they're little, I gotta I can stack them all up in one room, right? I can put all five beds. of the babies in one spot, right? But as they get older, I'm gonna have to move back out. I'm gonna have to leave Southern California. There's a whole bunch of things. The, the ripple effects on adding five kids out of the blue would be significant. I would be Googling how to disappear and live off the grid without anybody finding you. I, 12 kids, no. I'm sorry. Like, it's it's an awful thing to do. I can't be a part of that. <laughs> like, I just, I can't. I, I would have to abandon ship. I just would. Well, it's, it's one thing. Like, so my mom is one of tw- uh, 10, okay? My, my mom is the second oldest of 10 children. And... This was, you know, a million years ago or whatever. Sicko grandparents did you have? <laughs> there was nothing good on TV. And so, you know, stuff happens. No they twins, just just 10 different pregnancies. And it was kind of normal, shall I say, as far as because it just kind of one after the next. You didn't have 12 of them in the house at one point. But if you had five infants, so look, everybody that's a parent out there knows this. One infant makes you want to, you know, stick your head in the oven at least once a day. It's incredibly difficult. It's incredibly difficult. Five of them going bananas at the same time, not a chance. You're out of hands. You don't have anywhere to, like, if you have the kids, you two I think is probably the most that you could probably do at one time. I'm thinking about if I found out that I was having five children at once, just imagine what that's doing to your body. Like, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah, well, you you have different concerns than Andy and I would. Yes, yes. <laughs> this is a we're on different sides of that equation. That's uh, that's. I mean, sure. I remember how difficult labor was for my wife with just giving birth to the standard one, <laughs> five. Well, by number three, maybe they just start sliding out. I don't know. <laughs> it, it's like, it's like a pit stop at Daytona. They just bring in a new team, and they just keep bringing them out. It's like oh. the Kate Gosselin and the John and Kate Plus 8 when they had the two the twins, and then they had six kids at once. Oh, my God. I just remember I, 
my wife, like I just said, she had a, she had a difficult labor. It lasted like a while. It was like forty eight hours, seventy two hours. Ooh. Like it, it was prolonged. And we went to Cedars once. You know, the water broke, and we knew okay, showtime. And it happened to be super overcrowded when we got there. Like they had nowhere to put us. We were literally put temporarily, just temporarily, but in a utility closet because they had <laughs> no, no. They just they they felt terrible, but they had nowhere else to put us. Just again temporarily. So my wife is in agony, and we're in this awful surroundings. And Travis, you know this. When, when labor begins, your job as the husband is to stand there, say nothing, speak. <laughs> Nothing unless spoken to, and then recognize whatever you say is the wrong thing. And <laughs> there is no to, right answer. Yes, you just have to accept that. <laughs> Otherwise, you just stand there, say nothing, and just accept the fact that she's angry at you for doing this to her. Well, at but, least you didn't have to go far for supplies. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> Here's what makes it worse. We were in this closet, and this tech or i don't know what his job was he comes in i think the term is janitor (laughs) (laughs) i mean if he's coming into the supply closet well this guy actually was some type of tech because he had a chart like with him he didn't have have a broom but he had a chart so he's looking over the names and he looks at he goes kamenetsky yes he goes wait like the lakers Oh no! <laughs> yeah, he's a like, dude. Like, and this is, like the Lakers were getting close to starting the playoffs. Oh he's like, he gosh. starts asking me questions, and my wife gives me this death stare, and I'm <laughs> just like, dude, not now, not now. Time and place. That happens that, to a lot of celebrities. I would I, hope that Andy, you chased him out of the closet and said, "Hey, thanks for checking out the blog. Thanks for listening <laughs> to the podcast. Appreciate <laughs> the downloads, there, buddy. If you, can, if, if, if you can tweet out that I'm here, <laughs> I would really yeah, appreciate. Look, it. Look, my wife's in a bit of a mood, so yep. I just, yep. you know, I, I really appreciate. You know how women get the when pod. they have to give birth. You know, <laughs> just you know, high maintenance, needy. You know, just always the center of attention. Yeah, I mean, seriously, I was like, bro. Serious, not no, no, and like she, he keeps start, he starts asking questions. My wife's looking at me like I'm not initiating this. I I, I did not answer a single one. I'm like, dude, seriously, read the room, read That's the great. read the closet. <laughs> what else, Taylor? All right, let's do another one. Did you see that a uh, recent survey found that 15 to 20 percent of the U.S. population are consistently late? So, Andy, do you show up early or late on Hangouts, and why? Um. I used to be so habitually late that my friends like in high school and college used to tell me the wrong time just to try to get me there like half an hour late as opposed to two to three hours late. They would be like two hours. Oh, I I was awful. Like, you know, like my like they used to be like we're meeting at seven o'clock real people time, not Andy time, like not whatever. When we talked about I was in a band, Uh, we used to have practices at my place at my parents house in part because drums, all that equipment, but also was the only way they could guarantee I'd be at practice on time. (laughs) But honestly, ever since getting into this industry, I have now become trained to be early because you cannot be late with as much live stuff as I do. Yeah, I I don't know if it's that I've been in a career that you just described basically since I became a working person. I don't know if it is my background in athletics as a college person and a high school person. You have to be on time to those things. If you are late to practice, if you are late to games, that's a very bad thing to do. If you are late to your radio show, you don't have a radio show for very long. So I don't know when that got hammered into me, but I I am the opposite. If I'm more than 
a minute or two behind schedule at any given point, I start to go into full panic mode. I, I It drives me crazy. I'd rather be an hour early than a minute late. So it very, very rarely happens. Okay, let's do one more here. Uh, did you see that according to research, the average American starts feeling old at the age of 47? So, Trav, do you feel old, and what's the best way to stay feeling young? Old no, man. I, I, what did you say, Em? Is that old man? <laughs> no, I, I, uh, I, I will say this, that at 50 years old, that was that was the number that made you go, yeah, that's that, that, that you can't lie to yourself that you're in a, in a in a different spot at that point because you're not. You're you know, even if you get the over in your life, you're more than halfway done. But the answer is, how do you not feel old is surround yourself with people that still like to do fun stuff. It's when you get holed up in the house. It's when you get really stuck in your habits and don't go try new things and don't go to new places and see new see new things. But surround yourself with people that are active. You're good to go. The key for me has basically been I get told by a lot of people that I look younger than my age and more specifically that I look younger than Brian, my younger brother. Like that, That's helped me out a lot. Like as long as I keep looking younger than him. So just keep Brian around. Yeah. Uh, I, why, why do you think we still have a partnership? It's not his work. <laughs> now we know. Yeah. Yeah, outstanding. That's I, I need to get a my younger brother unfortunately looks younger than I do. So that's not really an option that I have. All right. Um Shohei Otani is in Arizona getting ready for spring training and Angel fans, I got very bad news for you. You're not gonna like what he had to say at all. That's coming up next. It's Travis Slee. Andy's in for Slee on seven ten ESPN.